0: Welcome to Authors Matters, a podcast from the Authors Licensing and Collecting Society. I'm Caroline Sanderson and I'm a writer and books journalist. In this episode of Authors Matters, we talk to Anthony Johnston. Anthony's eclectic writing career spans books, film, graphic novels, video games, music, podcasts, he has his own entitled Writing and Breathing, and more. The Charlize Theron movie, Atomic Blonde, was based on his graphic novel, The Coldest City, and his work has been translated all over the world. But we're going to probe another area of Anthony's broad expertise, the fact that he is highly organised. So much so that last year he published The Organised Writer, How to Stay on Top of All Your Projects and Never Miss a Deadline. As an irresistible title to any writer. It's a practical no-nonsense guide designed to help all kinds of writer build routine and structure so they can create more effectively and with less stress. So Anthony, welcome. Um, Were you always an organised writer?
1: Uh, No, quite quite the opposite, which is why I wrote the book. Uh, I became a full-time writer in uh, 2002 and within about five years, my life was incredibly chaotic. Uh, I was not organized at all. And I'd actually missed one or two deadlines, which to my mind was a cardinal sin because I came from the world of magazine publishing where the deadline was absolutely sacrosanct. Uh, you know, if you didn't make the deadline, you were getting blank pages in your magazine. Um, so that prompted me to think, okay, I need to organize myself. I need to figure out how to do this better. And that led me down a rabbit hole of productivity systems, which even then was a thriving business and of course now is even bigger. And I quickly realized that a lot of the systems were aimed at business professionals, managers, supervisors, and the like, team leaders. And of course, that's not helpful to a writer. We, Our working day is nothing at all like those people. And so I started picking bits out of them and modifying them and figuring out how I could use some of the good ideas in those systems to my own ends as a writer, and how they might work for the writing life. And within about a year or two, I had developed the initial form of this system that I now use. And then over the last 10, 15 years or so, I've been uh, refining it and expanding upon it and uh, just making it work even better. And that led to writing the book.
0: Well, I mean, you touched on it there, but I think, you know, this thing about writers, we have sort of very particular needs, don't we? Um, And so what do you think those are? I mean, obviously, writers vary. There are myriad um, types of writers and ways of working. But what do you think of the particular organisational needs that are peculiar to writers? The
1: the thing that really made me realise, oh, this isn't working for a writer and I need to make my own system, is that we need long blocks of uninterrupted time to work and that's not true of you know as again professional people business managers they often operate on only needing a short amount of time and are used to being interrupted and a lot of those systems are about how to deal with interruptions whereas my system is all about how to ensure you don't get interrupted so you can have all those hours of free time to yourself well not free time but all those hours of time in order to write and focus because so much writing is about spending those initial 10, 15 minutes kind of getting into it and warming up your fingers, warming up your brain, and then hopefully getting into a state of flow into the zone, as they say, and spending the next one, two, three hours uh, in a very productive writing state. And so a lot of the system is about reaching that state, maintaining that state, and then being able to do that every day on a regular repetitive basis and there's no other job in the world really that's quite like that.
0: It's it's a bit of a tricky one though isn't it because of course we all need that uninterrupted time and focus as you say but typically professional writers are working on numerous projects at once and also might even be working more than one job, as it were, because, you know, that's what we need to do to glue together an income. Um, And before I read your book, I did think of myself as quite organised, even though that's how I work. So I have to be organised. But I realised that it was, I have a sort of veneer of organisation, but I've fallen into lots of bad habits, which allow my focus to be constantly interrupted. And you made me realise I need to do something about that.
1: I realised quite early on that... Building habits, for me at any rate, is easier than applying sheer willpower and discipline. I mean, you do need to have a certain amount of willpower and discipline, of course. But if you can develop a habit, it's much easier to then just fall into that habit and and maintain it than to force yourself to do something you don't want to do or you're not used to doing every single day. Um, And so a lot of the book is, yes, about a lot of the system is about... Developing those habits and just making them something that you do all the time. And that includes, for example, not checking your email until you've finished work. That's, many aspects of my system have changed over the years and I'm still sort of tweaking and refining bits here and there, but that's one thing that I absolutely stick to when I am writing. My email is closed. I never, ever check my email until I have finished work for the day. The other one I stick to is writing to a word count rather than for a certain period of time although that's not so much a habit as just a a way of working but there are different levels of organization and the important thing for any writer is to do what works for them for you for me and we are all going to be different and the answer to that question will be different for every writer i know enough writers who have read my book and used the system whether whole or in part to know that there's enough in there that you can take it and it will help, but not every part will help every writer in the same way. And that's, that's fine. I wrote the system very clearly and very definitely to be modular, as they say in software, to be able to take parts from it, whichever part you think is most relevant to you and your way of working, and apply that and get the benefit from it, even if there might be something else that you can't use. For example, you said quite rightly that many writers have day jobs if you have a day job all day, you can't wake up in the morning and immediately begin writing for five hours. That's just not practical. But you can take other parts of the system, and they will help you do the writing whenever you're able to do it and get more out of it and be more productive.
0: I I wondered to what extent, when I started the book, because I was a bit concerned that it was going to be all about technology, because I'm not a technophobe, But I'm, for example, I'm devoted to a paper diary, for example, which I I, I know you're not so keen on. But as you say, it's about working for you. But it it is partly about technology, isn't it? But I think as writers, we're always trying to find ways to be off screen.
1: That's true. And I try not to be too reliant on technology. But, for example, diaries is a perfect example. The advantage of an electronic diary, calendar, whatever you want to call it, is, of course, that it's with you all the time. Uh, no matter where you are. So I can put an entry into the calendar on my computer, and then it's there on my phone when I'm out and about. The last couple of years, obviously being out and about hasn't been such an issue. (laughs) Um, Quite, (laughs) But but normally in the before times, as we say, um, I traveled a lot for work. And so being able to have that information with me when I was traveling on my phone or my laptop or something, rather than just on my computer was very useful to me. And of course, the other thing that electronic calendars can do is remind you and that for me is their absolute number one sort of golden feature, if you like, because if I have a paper diary, I will forget to check it.
0: There's so much useful advice in your book. Uh, I mean, I think um, you sort of advocate a kind of root and branch approach in that it's a, if I can, um, I hope it won't offend you if I say this, but it's a kind of like Marie Kondo of your working life, really, in terms of taking a whole weekend to reorganise your workspace and to think about everything really, taking everything out and then reorganising it, which is um, something that I think I could well do without doing. But as you said, it's possible to just pick aspects of this that are going to really refresh things, I suppose.
1: Funnily enough, Linda Stratman also called me the Marie Kondo of writing. Um, <laughs> the, the taking a weekend part is for people who, yes, want to adopt the whole system and want to rearrange their workspace so that it you know everything is to hand, as described in the book. You don't need to do that, but it is there for people, like I say, who want to adopt the whole system and who maybe need uh, you know, might feel that their work is so chaotic that they really need to take that root and branch approach. But you're right, you don't need to do all of that necessarily. You can take these parts uh, and apply them however they work for you. And like I say, that's I make it very clear in the book that that's a perfectly valid way to, to use the system because, again, what works for one writer isn't necessarily going to work for another. We all have different lives and routines and multiple either day jobs or multiple writing assignments that we need to juggle. nobody's No two writers are going to have exactly the
0: same working life. Well, I certainly think that I need to compartmentalise my time better, definitely. Um, One thing that I found really interesting as well, being a freelancer who says yes to practically everything and then quite often finds myself quite overloaded, is that you are a great advocate of learning to say no and not getting too anxious about that.
1: Exactly so. I think it's really important uh, as freelancers to decide what we are going to do. Surely that's one of the reasons that we become freelancers. That's one of the reasons that we want to be able to control our own destiny by choosing which jobs we take on. And sure, sometimes you can't afford to say no. Of course, there are financial realities at play and sometimes you're desperate for work and you simply need to take on whatever jobs people will throw at you. But when you are fortunate enough to get into a position where you can afford to say no and you can be a little more choosy, then it pays to have that consideration, to take a step back and to think, is this actually something that I want to do? Is it going to be worth doing? Will it be worth the time that I'm going to have to spend on it? Uh, And will it be good for my brand? And I know that that's a a terribly sort of modern new media way to think of oneself as a writer, but we are all brands, you know, our name on a book is a brand in and of itself. And it's really important for us to think, will this actually benefit my brand? Is it worth me taking on in terms of my profile, my reputation, and how my readers perceive me?
0: Yeah, and will it it actually... Be detrimental to the productivity and focus on projects that are more important. You know, it's Likely about so. that, isn't it? And and there's also some great advice in the book, I think, as well about thinking about what you charge, because you know, I think writers, as you say, are terribly bad at assessing their own worth, and we're just sort of so grateful to be having work in many cases that perhaps we don't give enough thoughts to that.
1: That's absolutely true. Again, it, it's always worth taking a step back. And again, not all authors are in a position where they can control what they're paid, where they can negotiate. And not every job that we take on is one that can be negotiated. But when we do have that power and in jobs where that is a possibility, again, it's always worth stepping back and thinking, am I actually charging enough for this? I do a lot of work in video games. I write video games. And that's an area where the pay scale, probably the only thing that varies more for writers is novel writing in terms of, you know, sort of how much you get paid for it. And I also sit on the video games committee of the Writers Guild of Great Britain. And we see there the enormous variety of pay scales for writers in that industry. So that's one of the areas that prompted me to write that section and i always urge writers to think about what they're charging what their day rates are what their word rates are uh because a lot of the time we're simply not charging enough we're not getting paid enough and no publisher or producer in their right mind is going to offer you extra money if you don't ask for it so you know learn to ask
0: And actually, the Writers Guild of Great Britain and the Society of Authors, they're good good sources of information about what the sort of going rates are as well, aren't they? Because that's sometimes quite hard to find out, I think. And then the non-writing stuff, we should probably just touch on that as well, because, you know, that's things like keeping good financial records and um, not thinking, oh, God, I've got to do my tax return and then going into a blind panic.
1: Well, the way I get around that is to not do my tax return. I hire an accountant to do it, and I urge every author to hire an accountant to do their tax returns. You know unless you are qualified yourself to do it, it can be a bit of a nightmare and even if you are qualified, I still advocate using an accountant yourself because, as with proofreading a novel or something, an extra set of eyes never hurts and so yeah i've even from the in the days when I was barely earning anything as a fledgling freelancer i always used an accountant to do my tax returns because that's what they're there for and ultimately they will save you money
0: yeah i think that's very very good advice so if someone's listening to this and think they're thinking mm, you know where on earth do i start i mean obviously one answer is to to buy your book the organized writer of But uh, what might be a good place to start in just sort of thinking, I guess, somebody like me who's been doing this for a long time, but just perhaps needs to take a step back and rethink.
1: Quite often, especially with uh, authors who, as you say, like yourself, clearly you get work done, you're not horribly disorganized. But if there are areas where there is a little bit of chaos, then identify those areas and think, what is it that I could do better? What are the areas where I could be more organized? Quite often these days, that's to do with technology, social media, going online, switching off your email, that sort of thing. And a lot of this stuff sounds very much like common sense. It sounds obvious when you say it, but the problem is that you don't necessarily think it yourself until someone else points it out to you. And that's another reason why a lot of the book is very common sense. But I know from my own experience that I need other people to point these things out to me in order to realize that they also apply to my own life so really it's about identifying those areas where you think things could be better because if you are getting your work done if you are hitting your deadlines then you're already way ahead of many writers let's be honest but that doesn't mean that there aren't other areas where you could perhaps focus
0: yeah, I think that's, I think that's great, great advice. I think a lot of the time we're just too busy working to, to give these things some thought. So even just giving them some thought is great. And um, yeah, I'm not too bad on deadlines, but you t- I tend to hit them a kind of one minute <laughs> before. <laughs> and I wondered, just to finish, to, I wanted to ask you to what extent you think your own successes as a writer have come from being organised?
1: I mean, that's impossible to say because obviously this is, we only live one life and this is the life I have. And so I can't, there's no parallel universe I can compare it to where I'm not using this system and see how successful I would have been. But what I can say absolutely for sure is that my work is better as a result of being organized because I am more relaxed, more focused, and less stressed when I'm writing. And... Certainly, for me, those are all very important ingredients to enhance the quality of my work and my writing. And I, I know for a fact that my writing now is better, qualitatively better, than it was before.
0: What better incentive to get organised? Anthony Johnston, thank you so much for talking to us and um, about the organised writer.
1: Thank you for having me, it's been a pleasure.
0: We aim to reflect the views of a wide variety of authors on our podcast, but their views are, of course, their own. Check out more episodes of Authors Matters wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening, and please join us next time. Goodbye.